Think you got what it takes to run a digital agency? Well, these guys do. Get everything you need to know about growing and scaling your business. Tips, advice, stories, and all the good stuff in between. New and exciting. Welcome to the Agency Empires Podcast, hosted by Pat Murphy and Brian Murphy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Agency Empires Podcast 2021, first podcast of 2021. And I'm very excited to come back. Brian's very excited to be here as well. And we're going to be talking about the first topic we're going to be talking about this year is how our agency survived and thrived in 2020. And we're, we're going to start laying out plans on how your agency can become really successful in 2021. So laying out plans for 2021. Absolutely, man. I'm glad, glad to be here. This is actually the first podcast of uh, 2021. Um, it's Agency Empires podcast, episode number five. And I think the reason why we chose this topic is I thought it would be a good idea to do an overall recap of the dreaded 2020, right? Because when we got into 2020, the whole world changed, right? The pandemic, everything just went to shit. It was chaotic. Many, many agencies shut down and they couldn't adapt with the times. And so it was one of those great ordeals in life one could say that is profound right when a big change happens in society when there's a crash when something happens to the economy uh everybody is affected and especially in our industry so i noticed that there were some things that many agency owners did and some things that other agency owners did and there was a difference right between uh the winners and losers let's say so yeah yeah absolutely yeah there's a lot of businesses that you know went into uh 2020 like we i saw it right i was in thailand at the time and i saw it coming it was on the news this this new pandemic it wasn't called a pandemic before it was it was this new coronavirus coming out of wuhan and i said man this is gonna be big i was at the airport and people had masks on and it was it was nuts came back to the philippines and I, you remember that we were all talking about, oh my gosh, this is what's going to happen. I could see, it was almost like I could see the future. And I think a lot of people saw it as well. And it, it hit so hard. Oh, it was scary, man. We, we were watching it on TV, you know, right out of Wuhan, China. And then it, it's in, it's in an, uh, one country, then another, then another, then. So we were watching on TV as this thing spread across the world, eventually got to us in the Philippines. So that's, you know, it was one of those things, but unreal if you recall if you recall at that time uh you know we're running different of course look this is what we do for a living we run advertising campaigns for people we make we generate leads we generate sales and there was quite a few agencies where you know we're servicing the agency and we're servicing their clients where because they're because they couldn't operate or i remember quite a few gyms that we had shut down because they couldn't operate at some sort of t- uh, at that particular uh, that point in time, and you had situations like this that never ever happened before. You know, government mandates where you have to actually shut your store and you can't you can't operate. So what do you do with your marketing campaign? Well, it's adios. Um, you know, most people were able to adapt. Other guys went online. They said, "Oh, I you know I'm not going to sit here and wait." till the end i'm going to go online and adapt and i saw a lot in a lot of agencies taking advantage of that situation and and you know coming out on top and then there's there's people that had a fundamental change in the way they do business had a you know i think in the agencies that survived 2020 and went into 2021 more successful right they 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 enter 2020 and they left 2020 and entered 2021 more successful than the previous year. Those are the businesses that had, um, they were quick to react. They had fundamental um, changes in their in the way they do business and their processes to be able to um, thrive in these chaotic times. And 
that's they just had the drive you know they had the drive uh, I, you know i don't know what you know what what to tell you but there is we we can go into like a little bit of what what we did um but that's what i see that's the commonality i see you know of course there's some guys that disappeared a lot of guys hung on you know they're hanging on a lot of guys are hanging on but i don't see a lot of people doing better than what they did entering 2020 1% are doing better they did mm -hmm. something different. Mm -hmm. We did something different. So what is that? And, and to your point, here's what I think it is. I think fundamentally it, it comes down to, to your thinking, to your mindset, to your leadership skills, being proactive versus reactive. Um, I must have consulted. Well, I know I consulted with over a thousand agency owners in 2020. I, I know that because I looked at my Zoom meeting history and I saw that. And I got to say, the ratio was probably for every eight, maybe even 10 agency owners, there was only one person, one agency out of 10, who their mindset was, oh, let me go on the attack because I know tough times are coming. So let me go and get as many customers as I can and grow my business. And the other eight to nine people, what they did is they said, oh, we're just going to hold off. We're going to hold off. We're going to see how it goes. Uh, our, so a lot of our clients, they've said the same thing. We're going to hold off. Okay. It's almost like, uh, what, what, what were they thinking? Like holding, uh, almost like you would hold Bitcoin or it, a stock. It, yeah, it's almost I'm gonna like hold. a stock crash. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to hold my business. <laughs> my business is on hold. Hold the stock, right? <laughs> so that, that's yeah. exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. And I think the biggest difference is you, you had the option. You could either go on attack mode or you could go on defense mode. And the majority of people, at least from my experience, they went on defense. And I can't blame them. They went on defense because, well, obviously nobody wants to spend any money when you have something like this happen. You kind of want to hold on to your money and wait it out. And I get that. Okay, I'm not, I'm not dissing that. But I got to say, us personally, the, the Murphy brothers, we went on the attack. You know, that was the year where I really started, you know, ramping up our customer base, making sure our offer was solid, making sure our systems were solid, hiring people, getting customers. Because I realized that, and you realize this too, Pat, is the fact of the matter is the businesses, the end consumers, your agency clients, either they had a good online strategy. And they were going to survive, right? Because if you look at it, what happened? All of the businesses shut down. They've got the mask mandates. The, the government makes it hard for you to operate your business, to run your business. Mm -hmm. And if you were a business that was dependent completely on foot traffic and, and, and people walking into your store and doing business with you, chances are you're going to be dead in the water because everybody stayed at home, right? Look at, look at what happened to Amazon. Amazon, you know, they're already a billion dollar company, but they got like 20% wealthier, 20% richer during that period because everybody stayed at their home and they just ordered Amazon, right? I think anybody that goes outside will see in, in just a few weeks ago, I was in the Philippines. I'm right, I'm in the in the United States right now for a few months uh currently. But a few weeks ago when I was in the Philippines, you would look in town and you would see businesses that were no longer there for lease and for uh and for sale signs up where you would never ever i've never seen the quantity of for sale and for lease signs that i saw up, uh ever uh, and this was just a few weeks ago in the philippines so i come here right same thing there's businesses that just are no longer there i went up to we went with a uh to a department store with uh with mom the other day uh trying to get some new slacks and it was closed. It was locked down. It was like, oh, I haven't been here for a couple months, and now it's completely shut down. Not there. And this is a, this is this is a department store that does tens of millions of dollars a year, right? A big one, down, gone. So you know, this is a, this affected big businesses. It affected small businesses, right? But then th there's there's guys that that. Uh, that made it out, right? There's guys that definitely saw it as an opportunity, snapped their fingers, boom, made it work. And like you said, it was a lot of it's uh, 
you know, mental, you gotta, you gotta be up for the challenge, right? It's like everything in, in life. You gotta be up for the challenge. If you're not up for the challenge, a hundred percent, um, you're, it's not going to happen. And I see a lot of people just lack of self-confidence. So you got to go full force and you got to know what you're doing. You see, here's the other thing. You have to know what you're doing. You have to have a plan. At least you have to say, okay, here is my one year here. This is where I see myself at the end of 2020. Right. And I think a lot of people said this, I see myself holding in 2020 and don't worry, 2021 is going to get a whole lot better. That mentality will kick you in the nuts, right? We said, okay, 2020, end of 2020, we're going to kick some butt. We're going to double our business. This is what we're going to do. And we did. Right? This is the situation. Yeah. So one of the things that we changed, do you want to go over some of the different fundamental changes, Brian? Kind of talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So this would have been this would have been around beginning of March, right? So that's the time when the pandemic hits the Philippines for the first time. It's all over the news. And here we are, we're operating two offices. We've got over 75 employees and, you know, there's people are looking around, right? They're saying, well, I don't want to catch this, right? What are we going to do? And we notice, especially like in, in, in these types of countries, developing nations, as they call them, you know, the government can do some pretty silly stuff and they did it here in the Philippines. They made it hard to operate. So what we did is we decided, well, instead of waiting for them, we're going to be proactive and we're going to put together a plan so that our business has what you call a, a continuity plan, right? It can continue to operate even if no one comes into the office. So we ended up uh, going remote, right? Making sure everybody had good internet connections, good equipment, that they're able to weather the storm from their homes, right? And I realize that's not always ideal, but the well-being of our employees comes first. Because can you imagine if if somebody gets COVID, you're right, then what happens? Then your entire company gets shut down. Nobody wants to go work for your company anymore. They're going to start looking for different jobs. So that was... And we had, we had 75 people that we had to move online. Uh, well, not so many. We had we really realistically about fifty five people in house at the time, and since then we've we've tacked on really good contractors. But of fifty five people, man, we moved them online in a matter of two weeks. You know, in a matter of forty eight hours. Uh, well, you said two weeks, I guess, until they you know they, they really end, started. But there were people like immediately. But it was like two days. I, it was literally like two days. Everybody was online. We were killing it on Discord. Uh, we don't use Slack here. We're on Discord, folks. I hate to promote. Other, I'm not here to promote the software, but Discord. And then two weeks later, everything was kind of fine tuned, and we were really getting in our groove. And what we found was, oh my God, everybody was working so much better, and everybody's so much more comfortable. And I think it's because it's a different environment, even for programmers. Now it's a different environment. They're out of the office. Now they're at home. Now they're working and we're working in a, in a virtual environment. So it's new, it's exciting, it's fun, and it, and it worked out. So now we have a situation where we had a motivated production team. Great. So we have a motivated production team, and now we're ready to get and, and, and on board as many clients as we can because we have a motivated, successful production team. And that, that was a good... And, and let me chime in here because that, that didn't happen overnight, you know that it's not like we decided, oh, we're going to get on Discord and we're going to start planning out our SOPs. No, we already had that stuff in place way before. Weeks. You know, not even weeks, weeks before that, we were on this. Even some of the was stuff. Was it months? Even some of the stuff that we had, our processes, our protocols, that, that was years before with some of our software that we used to communicate, our portal system. Oh, SOPs and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So, and it's all accessible But the online. movement, the movement of... The movement of getting people oh, yeah. coordinated and, and knowing that, hey, we're going to be jumping online this day. Mm -hmm. We did that in a couple of weeks. We had we planned that out uh, in advance. Of course, yeah. we're in the agency business. That's the other huge benefit that we have. So I was looking at this and I said to myself, thank God we have an internet business. Because as long as we got an internet connection and a headset and a computer, we're able to work. We're able to make money, provide for our families. I think that's what everybody just wants to do at the end of the day. Unfortunately, many, many companies, you know, like gyms and, and chiropractors and bakeries and, you know, what have you, 
they didn't have the same advantage, right? So I wasn't about to, uh, you know, th- throw that away. And it just, it, I'm just dumbfounded of how, how so many digital agency owners realizing that they have an online business and that so many other businesses are depending on having a good online strategy for getting leads, getting customers, getting sales. Uh, they needed help more than ever. So it was, you know, the 10% of agency owners who took action. Um, I bet you, if you do take an, take that into account right now, if you revisit those agencies, they're doing much better in 2021 because of it. And I know that I circle back with a lot of agency owners that, that didn't, you know, get with my product. They didn't buy the service yet. I followed up with them months mm-hmm. later. Many of them were out of business. I never saw anything like it, you know. But of course, we we have an oversaturated industry. Anybody who sets up a website can technically be an agency owner, right? So there's so much there's so much confusion, right? Of of you know who's legit, who's not legit. But at the end of the day, I think Tony Robbins said this. He said, whenever there is a catastrophe, right, or whenever there is a um, a challenging event like this, like this pandemic, for example, or an economic crash, or or a new innovation that happens in the industry, let's say, uh, it is always the people with the strong mindset who can see the opportunity. It's always the Pareto principle, right? It's that it's that twenty percent who end up making eighty percent of the money, and the eighty percent of guys they make twenty percent of the money, and a lot of them fall off. So. If you were an expert, if you knew what you're doing, if you had a plan, there's a good chance that you that you did well, you know, that you survived. Uh, but I talked to so many people; they were just like, "Brian, we're just gonna hold back, you know, we're gonna we're gonna drink a beer, we're gonna wait for all this to blow over," and you know, they were out of business months later because when you're running a business, in a few months, in a few months, it'll be a back to normal. Oh yeah, man, you, it'll be all good. You gotta have yeah. cash flow, you know. You, if, if you run a real business, you know, you've got to treat it like a real business. And that means you show up every day and you rise to the challenge. So, I mean, I think that was really the defining factor. So, so that's how we survived, right? How we survived is, in short, we were self-aware of the changing environment. We adapted to the environment by making sure that everybody in the company could continue to operate our our clients can continue to receive great service. Um, preparation was made. Preparation. Lots of preparation. Leadership. You know, asking our the people who run our company. You know, what should we do? You know, what do you suggest? And that way, everybody's on the same the same plan, right? And so the survival mindset was there. It was like you know, Pat and I we've been doing this for over ten years now. We're not about to let you know, a little pandemic take us out. We're not the type of people we're just going to, you know, lay down and die. We're going to, we're going to fight even if we get taken out. Um, now, how did we thrive? That's the other part of it, right? So now we survived, but how did we thrive? Uh, well, Pat, you want to get into that a little bit? What are your, what's your take on that? Of how, how we- this is what I think. This is the, this is the one thing that we did really in, in 2020 was the number of people that were coming in and, you know, signing up for our, our, our membership and using us to be able to fulfill their projects increase tenfold. We just had so many people coming in and the fundamental change that we had that we really didn't have prior to that time, like we did, but we, we, it wasn't cons- as consistent is I think number one, um, well, it all, all boils down to one thing we found consistency in lead generation. Our lead generation methods work. They're currently working. They started working. They're currently working. And they're gonna and now it's just a matter of scaling this. So what happened was diversifying. I think you did a terrific job with the sales team having um reliable a reliable sales head, uh having team members under that sales head that respected that person and you're working with them constantly to improve their numbers um, because guys will hire a team. Normal people, I'm going to say normal people will hire a team and expect that they perform. And when they don't, it's 
Hasta luego. I'll see you later. It didn't work out. No, that sucks. But that's not how you look at it, right? It's a daily thing. It's like, it's like, it's like a kid. It's like you're teaching your kid every day how, how you want them to be and how you want them to grow up. It's the same thing with employees. It's definitely the same thing, it, 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 very similar to that with uh, people in sales. And I think that was major, major, major. The other thing was we just got good. We just got good linking everything together with the sales center, opening up our communications, having email, SMS, keeping track of pipelines. We got so organized because look what happens when when you go from being in the office where you could say hey jimmy how we doing on that on that design and he says we'll have it to you in 30 minutes to going online working from home you got people in different scenarios different situations you know some guys have their kids running around other guys are living alone on their computer you, you don't know so we just got good at it you know I agree. I agree. I mean, to your point, the, the lead generation really matters. And, and you're totally right about that. It's not something where you can hire a couple of Ads. consultants and, and just yeah. make it work, right? Ads. So so we had we had figured out a way, in short, to get outbound leads, all right, through our consultants, through cold calling, setting appointments, um, you know, the whole way that we hired these people and we trained them. Um, and it didn't happen overnight. I went through two different uh, sales VPs, you, you could call them, or, or TLs, right? If you're mm -hmm. just starting, team leaders. I went through two of them before I figured out how to do this. I went through two different teams, two different sets of teams. And I made a lot over of Over the mistakes. course of a year? Over the course of several years with 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 Murphy consulting um, and so what I learned is you have to have a really good onboarding process you have to have what you call a nesting period where number one you you well here's the first thing here's the first golden egg I'm gonna drop instead of looking directly for just a consultant what you need is you need a team leader okay you need a team leader because that team leader is somebody you can mentor and then what you do is you get two consultants under that team leader, all right? And you hire three people if you want to make this work. Why? Well, first of all, you need a team leader because that person's going to be directing everything, right? She is going to coordinate the lists, right? She's going to coordinate the nesting period. That means bringing new consultants on board, training them. I created something called the Sales Academy where I taught our callers everything about our company. I taught them the script, the tonality. I taught them who our ideal customers look like, right? What, what are the demographics? I taught them what are the main needs? And I recorded all of this inside of like a course. It had, it had like 16 different modules. It was pretty, pretty intense. Well, it has. It's online. It's what's being used right now to, to currently train new recruits. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a big part of it. And you know, getting getting the people on board their first 30 days, tracking everything, starting to see results. There's really a whole science to this, um, and we could talk about this the whole podcast, but that was part of it. And the other part is making sure that you have an audience to target. So many agencies were like, you know, I'm just going to go sell to everybody, you know, and this is inside of the agency sales playbook. Like one of the main chapters there is find your niche right? Find your niche. I get asked that all the time. I'm, I, oh my gosh, Especially I get so many people that ask me. The new me, guys, right? They're like, oh, what do I do? You know? <laughs> what, do I, what do I do? And, you know, honestly, that's for you to decide. Like, I, I have, we do have the list, right, Brian? We put together a list of the niche businesses that, you know, most people would, would kind of go after. But I always like to pick a niche based on something that I feel good about. Like, if I have experience with it. Like, for instance, I'm an avid fisherman, right? I like fishing. So if I got into a like the fishing niche and I helped people that have fishing stores get online and sell their produce online so we could ship it nationwide, I would feel pretty calm and comforted in that you know, I'll feel comfort in that niche because it's something that I like to do and I know a little bit about it. You know, you get guys that are studying real estate. You're passionate and their niche is about fish real estate. There's a passion about it. 
It's not like if you ask me, what should I pick as my niche? It's almost like you asking me, you know, if you were to get a job, where should I get a job? You know, which fast food chain should I go to? Like, you oh, <laughs> no, come on. Right. That That's the thing. That's powerful because here's the thing. Pat's totally right. When you go to select your niche, you should have a passion for it. Okay. I know agencies that want to help roofers, plumbers, lawyers, solar companies, right? Whatever you're passionate about, there's a good chance that you're going to be knowledgeable about it or that you have some previous experience with that niche. Now, in, in our case, our niche is agency owners. Why? Because we are experts at this. We, we literally have the 10,000 hours to qualify us, although I'm not going to call myself an expert. I'm still a student. Um, I consider myself one at least, but I know what their needs are. I know the needs of agency owners. I know what their biggest challenges are because uh, I live that life every day. I consult with thousands of agency owners every year. So um, if your niche is fishing, well, you already know what are the biggest challenges of fishermen, right? Whatever that could be. And so now that you know the challenges, you're able to come up with the second thing you need, which is the offer. Okay. It's the mm -hmm. offer. You have a yeah. niche, you have an offer. What is your offer based around? Your offer is based around those challenges, right? And you should have that almost like pre-prepared in a box, and that should be the first thing out of your mouth when you talk to a new potential customer of yours. It's like, hey, you know, my name is Brian and I run so-and-so company and I help so-and-so clients uh, to help them accomplish this and that because I understand that it can be difficult to do th this and that. And here's my solution in a nutshell. And that's kind of like your elevator. I think that's the single biggest factor, bar none, that separates Successful agencies from agencies who are not successful. Agencies who are not successful, it's because they've decided they're going to sell to everybody. They're going to wait on referral business to come in. Since they don't have a niche, they are just kind of shooting shooting bullets in the dark. But when you have a niche, you're able to go deep. You're able to go profound. You're able to really understand everything about that niche. And you're able to, uh, more importantly, dominate it. You can become the best. If you have a great niche to service, if you have a great offer, if you understand those challenges, if you've made solutions. Um, so that is really, that's the biggest difference. Um, and there's other things, right? Like having a viable business model and having good systems and well, everything Well, what else. you were saying there, let's, let's, let's go back to that really quick because what you said was really, really um, interesting. Okay, so that you are defining the steps there. Number one uh, is having a niche because because you need to understand who your audience is to be able to sell to them because you need to be able to understand their you know their desires and wants and all that good stuff right you need to be able to know that to be able to sell to them because you need to be able to craft an offer and that offer it was one of our in fact one of our lead magnet pages so this is a lead magnet page I've been sharing with a lot of partners by the way they're like oh what do I do with this well here's the thing What's the good way that what's one of the ways that we've done it? The, 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 um, download PDF, right? A downloadable PDF behind a wall, enter your information, get the value PDF. What is the value PDF? Well, it's, it's a, it's a, that's what it is. It's a PDF that offers value to the audience that you're selling to, right? It's as simple as that. I did one for, uh, one of the real estate partners that we have and we put together, he gave me the content, we put it all together and it was like, 42 the the top 42 strategies um to, you know to dominate uh oh the top 42 strategies to generate more calls for your real estate business or some some something like that okay it was 42 it was really strategies back and forth that's a lot of strategies 42 strategies i would say a lot it. of strat and is that free content and you're like whoa right it's free content so nice who would take that Everybody. realtors you know, bro, no, real, no, not every realtors, brokerage firms, anybody that's interested. If you have a real estate business and you're like, oh, 42 strategies to get me more leads, buyer and seller, I would take that, right? So it's very easy to have a really good offer, but look, it's it's got to be something that somebody wants and it's got to look valuable. You don't just give them a document, it has to look valuable. So we, we created the document and we made it look really cool, 
right? And when you download it, then it, we, we get an email that's sent out to that person. So this is how you generate leads. You need, you need to have a, uh, you, you need to know your audience. You got to generate, you got to have an offer. You got to test out the offer. You got to have multiple offers, not just one, multiple offers. That's what I'm trying to, you know, uh, and, and I always say this anytime I talk to, to people about it, I said, don't have one offer, have multiple offers. It'll, you know, you could do it all at once or grow depending on what the offer is, but constantly think of ways um, to get people into your ecosystem. Because once you have a name, number, and email address, <laughs> now you have a lead that you can follow up on. And I can tell you guys for a fact that there's nobody that follows up harder on these leads than Brian Murphy. Brian Murphy follows up with these leads more than any person I've ever met in my entire life. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm not bullshitting you right it now. It seems like that, but it's not the truth, man. I've, I've got it systemized. I got my people doing strategic follow-up. And, and AK, well, that's what it seems like. It seems like that, right? It seems like I'm the hardest working guy you know, but I just figured out how to automate a lot of it and delegate a lot of it to the that's right That's the key people. because you know what I've been finding out? A lot of people will generate the leads. They'll generate the lead. The lead comes in. And then what happens? Because that lead didn't go out and automatically book on the appointment form, it doesn't get called on. It just sits there. And what good is that? It's just like, oh, just money down the drain. It's taking dollars and flushing it down the toilet. How many times have you called a lead that didn't self-set an appointment and they actually ended up closing because they were part of your ecosystem and they started getting your stuff? They just needed the phone call lots of times, right? And so, and, and the people that actually go through and go to the appointment are terrific leads and they close really quick. But what I'm trying to say is you have to be ruthless in the follow-up. You got to be, you got to have a strategy in generating the lead, right? Through your offer, but you got to be ruthless in the follow-up. Ruthless, ruthless, but not seem ruthless. It's always, it's always a soft exactly. sell, right? Yeah. It's always, it, it's very strategic. And now when, when you say ecosystem, um, in my head, that what pops up is is funnel, right? So with us, I mean, the way we do everything, because there's a there's a process, whether that lead is coming through outbound lead generation or if it's coming from, or if it's an inbound lead, right? Coming like from Facebook ads or coming from SEO or coming from Google ads. Uh, we're able to, well, number one, we're able to uh, differentiate them. They come tagged in our system. Uh, we actually use what we call our sales center. That's something that all of our agency partners have, whether they're on the membership or on the retainer, we, we give them that so that they can improve their sales. But the way I've got it lined up, and there's a video on the website, uh, www.murphyconsulting.us under the resources tab, where I, I show this, I actually give you a demo of the sales center and how I use it to do sales. But really, the trick is you you are getting new leads into your funnel. Right. And so when you have a lead magnet and let's say your niche is real estate and you have the 42 strategies on how to get more clients or whatever, when people enter their information, you can have into the form, right, to get access to the uh, to the to the data. What happens is their contact information gets sent into that new lead pipeline. Right. And that's that's a pipeline status it's called new lead. And every day I have about. 30 to 40 new people going into that new lead status. And then what will happen is maybe I have 10% of those people will set appointments, actually maybe less than 10%. And there's a pipeline status next to that new lead pipeline status. And that one is called appointment, right? And those are people who self-set appointments. Then there's yeah. another one, missed appointment. Then there's another one, demo presentation. So it's all very strategic, but you've got to have that set up in your business so that you have a clear picture of the leads coming in. And what's really neat about that sales center is you can run marketing, right? Your email marketing. So every new lead that goes into the system, now they're getting like a 14-day email sequence. So when you say, hey, we're, we're, we're ruthless, Brian Murphy's relentless on the follow-up, it's like, I'm well, the system is relentless, right? Because we gave you something of value. <laughs> yeah. Now you're getting emails. And what's crazy about this, Pat, is ever since we implemented that, um, especially for the inbound leads, the people who find us, man, by the time I get on the phone with these guys, they know 
They know a lot about our company. They've done research. They're like, oh yeah, you don't have to sell me. I already, I've already been on your site. I've already looked at your services. I already looked at your pricing. You know, you answered a lot of my questions. So these are the hottest leads because they come in hot because they've been, they've been educated. Let's say educated is a bad word to use. They've been qualified. They're qualified qualified. because remember self-qualified. One of the, one of the funnels that we have and that I, and I talk about this all the time to partners that ask about it, right? And they always say, how do I generate leads for myself? Well, you have to have something called an application funnel. Very simple funnel, right? Very simple funnel. It's comprised of number one, an opt-in, number two, a survey, number three, a calendar, number four, a thank you page. And you want to have a page that rejects them. So it, there's a simple way. Everybody's looking for their ideal customer. Well, scrub them. They're, the only way to find this out is if, if, they, if they're able to qualify themselves. Have your customer qualify themselves. You know, we, we have on our website, we have our agency assessment. If you want to work with us, take the agency assessment. If you pass the agency assessment, you're going to be, you know, you're going to get a call with Brian. You can go ahead and schedule that call. If you don't pass, it's okay. We'll give you some free content so you can level up, right? But you won't get that call with Brian at that point in time because you're not ready yet. We're trying to find and work with our ideal client. And I think everybody should find and be able to work with our ideal client because when you do that, life becomes easier. It's, it's, you're able to grow faster. You're able to, you know, have security. There's so many good things that happen when you're able to find your ideal clients. So you went from understanding who your audience is to generating the offer to getting the data and having that lead now scrub themselves through this application funnel. And they're either going to end up on your calendar or not. Now, the guys that don't end up on your calendar still follow up with them because they can. St- a lot of times you can still make it work with these guys. And the guys that actually make it on your calendar definitely never miss that. Those are the ones you follow up with and you have a call. Now, let's talk about something else really quick. Pitch deck, right? Pitch deck. And that's another thing I've been talking to uh, to customers a little bit about too is being prepared on the sales call. A lot of guys get on the sales call on the Zoom. Everything's Zoom nowadays, right? Everybody's on Zoom. We no call where it you discovery call, Pat, now, nowadays, or, or strategy <laughs> session. <laughs> strategy session. Schedule your no, one-on-one consultation. I, I, I call it sales call. I'm real with them. I, I just get a lot of well, salespeople. It's, it's the demo call. It's the yeah. demo call. Yeah. It's the demo call, right? That's the other thing is like, okay, now I'm on the demo call. What the heck do I say? Right. And some guys will be terrific on the first call and, they, and they're, they're thinking in their head, oh my God, I wish I said this, or I wish I didn't mention that, or I wish I uh, was a little bit more smoother. And over time, you'll become smoother. But if you want to become smoother really quick, set the tone of the conversation. And you can do that really quickly by having a really nice pitch deck and going over the important stuff. Not the, not the shit that'll, that'll bore somebody to death. Right. It's okay to say who you are. But what people want to hear is, what it does, you know, what it does, what it's going to do for it, me and how yeah, much. Exactly. And uh, so they can make a decision because the idea is I need to make a decision after the pitch deck, right? Is that, is, am I right or wrong? I mean, you're the one doing the sales, Brian, but that's what I see. No, you're, you're completely right. But what I would do is I would, here's with me, I never go directly into my pitch deck. All right. When I get on that phone call, Number one, I greet the person. I say, hey, how are you doing today? And they'll say, hey, Brian, I'm doing very good. How are you? I say, I'm doing great, sir. Thank you for joining the call. And the reason for the call, right? And then, I, and then we go in here today, right? And, and I kind of set the, I set the pace. And I say, the reason for the call is we are going to discuss this and this and this. And I know my assistant reached out to you or you found us online. And I understand that you know, based on the information that you gave us that da, 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 and you know, so forth. See, that's the key when you are getting people into your calendar calendar system. And we use Calendly as well. I'm able to have the information in front of me. So I know how long they've been in business. I know what their main reasons are for wanting to use a service like mine. I know what their main needs are. You know, I know as much information as I can get. And that way, 
when I jump on the call, it is a very targeted call. It's like we don't, you know, yeah, sure, we can have the small talk for a minute, but the reality is they, they come away with the impressions. Oh, wow, this guy, Brian, he is sharp. He understands my needs. You know, he's going right into it. And then what I will do is obviously I'm going to have that, that pitch deck. Many times I'll even use my own website because I've designed it that way where I can walk them through and it's easy to understand. And I kind of tailor it um, so that I'm as objective as possible. Now there's things you don't want to skip, right? Like who are we as a company? Who, who are our clients? Who do we help? How do we help them? What are our services? And now we're going to talk about, you know, our discussion today. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you how I can help you. And at the end of the phone call, you're either going to, you know, make a decision. Hopefully it's okay to say no. I always tell people it's completely okay to say no, if you don't want to move forward, but if you would like to move forward, uh, let's try and move forward right away. And if we can't do it, let's figure out what we would need to be able to do in order to move forward. And I never get off the call without having a second follow-up date set. And they set the date on the call. And that way it's very targeted. Because what I've learned is if you don't do it that way, you could end up, number one, the most the most awkward thing in the world to do, okay, is to get on the phone on a, on a presentation like this. And you are just blabbering and blabbering and you're showing the pitch deck and you're not asking questions. That's the thing. Your entire presentation has to be revolved around asking smart questions and not just superficial questions, right? Uh, you want to ask deep questions. You want to go, you want to dive deeper. Like for example, um, I'll, a, a person, I'll ask them, okay, so, so, so let me ask you this, Pat. So what's your main reason for wanting to have a white label partner, right? And they'll say something like, oh, I want to, I want to leverage my time so I can focus on selling more. And I'll say, interesting. So tell me more about that. What what kind of sales do you want to focus on? Oh, I want to I want to target this niche. I want to be able to sell them digital marketing services plus a website. Interesting. That's a great business model. So what made you want to sell those digital services? How do you think, you know, what does the market look like for that? What is the potential in that? And then we go we go deeper and deeper and deeper. And what that does is that builds something called rapport and it builds trust because I'm on the call and I really understand my customer and I'm asking questions and that shows them that I'm taking an interest in them and it shows them that I can help them. Now, what happens when this person, because everybody nowadays, they shop, I don't care what it's for. I mean, you're shopping for, for everything, right? You're Googling multiple different companies to work with and the same thing applies to your company. So I want to give myself and I want to give my company the competitive edge, right? Because I know that there's going to be other salespeople on the phone and they're just going to be blabbering around. They're going to have a nice pitch deck, but they're not going to ask the deep questions and they're not going to ultimately find they don't that ask the questions. Key. That's, that's the key. Like, here's the thing. I talked to a lot of people and you know, I've been hearing lately, do you guys have case studies for this? Do you have case studies for that? So I could use those case studies for myself. So I would get instant credibility. It just doesn't work that way. Um, well, I mean, number one, right. We're, we're working with agencies. So our case studies are agency related. You can, you can definitely, if you have the data, you know, we can make the case study look beautiful, but guys, case studies, they're not going to help you win that client over. You know, it might be a superficial client. That's probably not your ideal client. That's looks at a case study. Says, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. Let's go ahead and do this. It's not even that it's, they need to be able to trust who you are and trust what you're saying. And it's like what Brian said, the only way they're going to trust you is if they know you understand what they need, right? And you care. It's like, and you care, you care. They won't even question, they won't even, do you have any case studies? They won't even question it at, at that point in time. Brian, how many times do you, do, would you realistically get asked? Never. Like, you know, does anybody say, do I, do I have, do you have any case studies to show me? <laughs> Why are you making that voice? <laughs> you I, must I'm be, just making that voice. You must be irritated that's, because everybody asks you for voice. case studies because you're the marketing. That's the guy. voice. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I hear it a lot. I hear it a lot. But do you know who I hear it from? I hear it from students of Facebook agency gurus who will tell the students, 
oh, guys, don't worry. All you need is, is you just got to have your white label company give you case studies. Okay, that's fine. We added case studies. But if you think for one second that case studies is going to make or break your company, or you think that's like asking us, hey, do you have any customer reviews so I can put those reviews on my website? <laughs> it's the same thing. I mean, sure, you could make fake reviews. You could have real reviews. But, but the point it, is, you know, why, it, why are people asking for that? But they, they think it's going to help them close more deals. So what, what are, you know, us going from, you know, how to survive, right? Your pandemic and all this crap and all the stuff we got, it, we, we went through, right? And we came out and we more than doubled by the time we reached December, 2020, everything kind of doubled. So, but it, we didn't do it off the back of case studies. It was back off the back of really understanding who the audience is and the knowing offer. what the pain points are and having mm -hmm. a solid offer where people say, yeah, this makes sense. And scalable this makes systems. makes a lot of sense. Scalable yeah. systems, man, where you can just sit back, your leads are coming in, you mm -hmm. know, everybody's got a role in the company. It's just functioning like a well-oiled machine. It's not perfect yet, but compared to where it was several years ago, I mean, it's not even the same company. Uh, so it, it's that type of evolution that needs to happen in your agency. It needs to happen from within the agency so that you can focus. Now, fortunately for a lot of our listeners here, uh, and I know that the majority of agency owners, these are not large companies, right? At least in terms of manpower and staff. Most of our agency partners, these are guys that, you know, they run companies. They may employ a few people. A lot of our partners are actually, they employ, they're big companies. They employ a lot of people. I'm actually working a deal right now for exclusivity in some different markets. That's that's quarter million dollar a year deal. Um, so we have... You know, we, we have clients of all sizes, but most of the clients, most of the clients, they are on the smaller side of things, right? They're kind of bootstrapping. And to be able to learn multiple different disciplines, it's very hard. It's like it's like in this new book that I'm writing, and I'm I, I'm I'm determined to to write this book this year and release it. Um, it's all about, you know, the lessons we've learned and, and how to grow your agency. Um but one thing I talk about is we got lucky. I got lucky. I got lucky because, you know, I have Pat. Patrick can build anything, right? He is our marketing guy as well. Very, very good at what he does. And I'm, I'm good at sales and I'm good at systems and I'm good at having a vision, right? So um, I got lucky. At least I have a partner I can count on. And beyond that, I have a great team of, of officers, people who are the pillars of our company who run it right our lead our lead developer you know our 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 lead project manager you know our customer success our our team leader of sales Th these are all important positions right these are all the keys our our hr um hr staffing person right our our main it so there's so many of them our our content uh, writer and all of these people they have their own teams within the company so it's not just us the it, it didn't happen overnight um, but with our agency partners my point is to to focus on the growth of your company because what you need right now if you're probably listening to this is you need some knowledge you need a framework you need to be able to bring in customers <laughs> you need to make money so you could pay the bills and what I would always recommend is if you are the business owner, your main job isn't to learn how to do everything. Really, what, where your focus needs to be, it needs to be on figuring out your audience, putting together that offer, building a scalable system, leveraging other people's talents to get the work fulfilled. That's very important. Um, and ultimately, your job is to run the business, not have the business run you. Your job is to find out how to bring in customers and make sure that those customers receive world-class service, right? And that's really the main challenge. So if you can just take everything that we've said and just condense it and be like, okay, I'm going to be the greatest in, in the world or even the greatest in my company at doing this one thing, you will see massive, massive results if you, if you focus on, on what you're good at, right? I see so many people. I talk to so many people and they say, you know, Brian, 
you know, I know more than you. I've been doing this for 15 years, 20 years. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> they got they got a big ego, a lot of them. So I know more than you. Um, well, if you know more than me, how come you only employ one person? You employ yourself. And how come you can't afford my services for 197 a month? <laughs> You know, I don't tell them that, <laughs> but, but right, the reality the, is what you're thinking. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, it's like, well, it, look, here's the problem. You spent the last 15, 20 years trying to be the jack of all trades that you never specialized. You went a mile wide and you went a, a meter deep. You never got deep inside the trade in our business. The reason we're successful is because we're a meter wide and we're a mile deep, if that makes sense. We only focus on one niche and we and we go deep, right? Instead of going a mile wide and a meter deep, you want to go a meter wide, meaning on the surface you only focus on one thing and then you go you go a, meter a mile deep. deep. A mile deep. A mile deep. It's it's kind of like the equivalent Beautiful. of would you rather be a big fish in a uh, small pond or would you be a small fish in the ocean? I I think it's something like that, right? And at least for me, I'd rather be a big fish in a small pond because you can dominate, right? Or if you're a shark in the ocean or a whale in the ocean, the ocean's a big place. You know, you compete against everybody. So, hundred percent. Key is so key for all here, those agencies that are uh, that are trying to really set it on fire this year, right? Laying out the plans for agency success 2021 depends where you're at, but I this is what worked for us. This is what's been working for us. It's a good it's a good model to probably look into yeah that's that's the thrive part right so you survive you know by having the mindset and you thrive by you know digging in deep basically and 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 going for the gold and having a funnel and having filtering processes so you're only working with ideal customers um and in 2021 i mean the plan What's the plan, Pat, for 2021? Now that oh we've my gone gosh. through, well, you're going to have to listen to you're going to have to listen to more podcasts to find out. Well, we're going to have hey, to produce them. We're going to have to produce a lot more of them. We've been we've been so behind, man. I we had the Q1 podcast lined up, and it's already what it's already beginning of March, and we've just had time to start. That's I how know. focused we've been. Um, laser focus it requires la laser focus. No joke. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause here's the thing. I mean, that's our biggest downfall. We're not putting out enough content, but we're going to start to put out a lot more content. Um, but uh, you know, I got to say the reason you should listen to us is because we are not a content marketing experts. What we are is we are agency owners, right? We, we've been through the trenches. We're actually doing the work. So if you follow somebody and you notice, Hey, they've got eight hours a day and they're on their 20th Facebook post or whatever. It's like, <laughs> what's this person doing? Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> what are they doing with their time? Are they actually getting any clients or are they just telling people how they get clients? There's a difference guys. It's good to be back though. It's good to be back in action and, 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 you know, to come back and, and talk to everybody and uh, get it all out, which is, which is nice. So guys, hope you enjoyed um, the podcast. And uh, check us out. Check out our website. If you have any questions, feel free to get in touch. And until next time. Subscribe on the Agency Empires uh, Facebook group if you want to follow along the journey. And we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.